Hi and welcome to Leitrim Daily. My name is Burton Early and you're listening to the Sports Preview Show on the podcast. It's been a little while since we've said those words because we have been off the air for the last three months due to the worldwide pandemic that has affected all of our lives in such a massive way since mid-March really in this country. Now, we've all heard the news that Gaelic Games are back and that means that if Gaelic Games are back, well then we have something to talk about on the show. So today we're going to be catching up with Leitrim GA. Leitrim Ladies GA, as well as Niall Moran of Slag Rovers in the SSC Airtricity League. I'm going to be talking to Declan Bowen about the return of the Men's Football Championships in a couple of weeks with the draws taking place last weekend of the Senior and Intermediate and Junior A Football Championships in the county. We'll be going through who's and what draw and a really broad outline of what people can expect as that championship progresses over the next two to three months. PJ Ryan will be with us. He's Secretary of the Ladies' County Board and he's going to be talking to us about what the girls can expect. There's a change in format for them. They're going to have a full round robin competition. All six teams in the senior and intermediate grades will be playing off against each other with a knockout stage to follow after that. It's a slight change from last year but it's designed to give a couple of extra games to all of the teams in the championship. Both men will also chat to us about the impact that the coronavirus shutdown has had on the finances and the financial outlook of both organisations and how much of an impact that's likely to have on the sports in the county. Finally, then we will be catching up with Niall Moran, Player of the Month for February and March with Sligo Rovers in the SSE Airtricity. He scored his first goal ever at senior level in the SSE Airtricity League and then straight away the whole league shut down so there hasn't been a moment, there hasn't been a full minute played since his last minute score against Shamrock Rovers all those months ago now. He's back training with Sligo, we're going to hear from him about what life is like in a professional setup where you're in every day and what that involves and the impact of what the coronavirus means on a daily basis for him as he reports to work with a group of players from all over the country and even from all over the world. We'll be talking to Niall about that later on in the programme. We did record the interview with Niall prior to the final decision being made on the FAI and also prior to the complete explosion of the fundraising efforts of Sligo Rovers in the last couple of weeks. When we spoke on Wednesday, they were just about to reach 20,000. They have now passed 50,000 raised on their GoFundMe campaign, which has been running since Tuesday evening. A phenomenal response from the local area, from Sligo predominantly, but also some recognisable names on that list from North Leitrim and beyond. A few other Carrick and Shannon names popping up as well. Some really, really good support from the whole northwest of the country. We'll be talking to Niall about all of that and what the outlook is for the 14 games that they have remaining to try and turn around what has been a disappointing start for the Bitter Red in their season. Anyway, that is it. As I said, I'm delighted to be back. We're going to get on with the interviews. We've got loads to get through today. We'll be about 50 minutes of a show. Uh, Let's get on with the chat I had earlier in the week with Declan Bowen. Now, of course, the entire county is focused on Gaelic Games for the next few months and the return, the imminent return of Gaelic Games to the county on the weekend of the 18th and 19th of July, just two short weeks away. I'm joined by the Secretary of Leitrim County Board, Declan Bohan, to talk about what the future holds for our clubs in the county. Declan, welcome back to the programme. 
All right, Brethany, how are you? I'm... It's a long time since we were here before, and a lot has happened since. All right. It feels like it's been forever, to be honest, that we spoke about what's going on in the world of Leitrim GA, but it's been three, three and a half months since everything shut down. How exciting is it for the county board and for our clubs and our players to be back looking at games being played in the near future? Yeah, I suppose, um, Brethany, if we take it without going through everything that has happened recently, because we don't need to do that. But uh, the fact that maybe back at the beginning of May when Ukra and John Horden was on the Sunday game and seemed to suggest that, uh, you know, with social distancing being an issue, that it's going to be impossible to have games. Maybe a lot of people would have uh, decided at that stage or would have thought, I, mean, I would have been honest, be honest myself, I would have thought that at that stage we weren't going to have anything this year. It looked increasingly unlikely. But... Things have improved greatly and have allowed fast-tracking, I suppose I'd call it, of GA activity to happen. Um, literally, uh, around the middle of May, we were given an indication that at some competitive fair in August, and uh, well, the last weekend in July. But now that has been brought forward two by two weeks, but also the, the fact that clubs could go back to full contact training from last week was a, a big bolt out of the blue, and it has, it has effectively fast-tracked everything. It has presented challenges now, let's be honest about it, because we can't go into this with our eyes shut. Um, there are a lot of uh, protocols to be carried out by clubs, and to be fair to our clubs, they're working really hard to ensure that they can do their bit, to ensure that activity can be provided, but in a safe environment. And I suppose in that regard, there is quite a bit of excitement out there in that you know, we've gone from a stage whereby it looked like as if we would possibly have no action at all this year to a situation whereby in two weeks time it's almost full on you know now you spoke about obviously things been put in place to make sure that people are safe in all of these environments and all of that documentation is available on the Leitrim GA website and the GA website itself clubs will have seen this players will have will be well aware of this if they're back training but um, we're not going to get into the minutia of that, but it does involve regular kind of screenings, not necessarily testing, but definitely screening of people's health and contract tracing and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I suppose to put it very simply, Brefni, and I'm not, we're not going to go into all of these details, very clear from the point of view of any gathering of people in the GA sense, and be that training, challenge game or competitive game, uh, every person involved with the team, be it player or selector or mentor or coach or physio or whatever it is that is involved with a team must make a health declaration in advance of being of admittance to any premises. Once that's done, that feeds into a system whereby we can be very confident in the fact that everybody that's there is healthy and is is uh, ready for action, if you like, and is not posing a threat to others. That's that's a big challenge, I suppose, for clubs, but to be fair, clubs are rising to that challenge and are working really hard to have those systems fully. How much of a help has it been locally to know that there's been relatively low, less than 1% of the population, less than a quarter of 1% of the population of the county contracted the virus, that there hasn't been a case in over two weeks? Does that give a bit more security to yourselves as the organisers of these championships that we are going to have a less likelihood of any issues? Yeah, I suppose, uh, look, at since uh, this crisis had emerged in March, the figures for Leitrim were, relatively speaking, uh, small, but we have a small population. Let's not, let's not, let's not forget about that. 
um, it does give us a certain amount of security in that uh, we can, you know, we can confidently say we weren't a hotspot for COVID-19 or anything else like that. But that's, that still should not uh, be sending out any sort of a message that the foot has to come off the pedal or anything else like that, because let's be honest about it, this virus is still alive and well, uh, unfortunately, in the country. And was one of the major challenges for clubs and people involved in teams and, and in, in every aspect of life is the fact that with the reopening of the country, what we call some sort of normality, and a lot of stuff has happened in the last, this from this week forward, um, a lot of gatherings are happening, a lot more movement of people across the country, a lot of people have gone back to work in different parts of the country. So the reality is, I suppose, we have to, without, we don't want to be negative about anything, but now, we have been, relatively speaking, a small county cocooning, if you like to call it that, for, for three months. And now we're going back to spreading our wings and moving around. So vigilance, I suppose, is the key word in this to ensure that the safety standards are, are maintained. Absolutely. Now, in terms of the actual championships themselves, obviously, we will have the Connacht Gold Senior Football Championship, the Vista Med Junior A Football Championship and the Smith Monumentals Intermediate Championship as well. Um, the draws took place last Friday. Um, as we were speaking a couple of days ahead of this been released on Friday of this week um, but we have a fairly interesting draw very lopsided some might argue in terms of four peop- four clubs who would have genuine hopes of, of competing for the title in one group can you run through quickly maybe start with the senior championship just who's been put into each of the groups or who was drawn into each of the groups should we say um, for the, the championship yeah. ahead well in, in, in group A Breffney we have Mohol uh, Fina, St. Callion, St. Mary's Kiltard, Balnamore, Sean and Hestons, and Ahawilla. Now, <clears throat> a quick run th- roll, th- roll call of both clubs would suggest, and I'm not being disrespectful to Fina, St. Callion's here at all. They were intermediate champions two years ago and could be the surprise packet in the group. But the other four would be spoken about as potential contenders for the title. Uh, so that really has given it heavy end if you like and I'm not being disrespectful in saying that to the teams on the other side who would probably be delighted to hear me saying that in that they would consider to would be considered to have maybe the easier side of the draw but that brings its own challenges so it is it has been spoken about as being lopsided but and, and the, iron, the irony of that Brefney is that you know this was a highly uh, highly seeded draw from start to finish so you know, sometimes when you have open draws, we have people calling for seeding. Uh, last Friday, I had somebody who was denigrating the uh, the open draw. You know, look at to be honest, Richard Breffney. When you have only two groups, and you have, let's be honest about it, we have five or six clubs that are probably stronger than the remainder remaining. When you have only two groups, there's always a likelihood that you're going to have potentially the stronger teams in one. The second group, then, of course, includes the other five teams in the championship. Yeah, Alan Gales, um, Leitrim Gales, Melvin Gales, all the Gales are together, along with then Carmanor Hamilton and Drum Riley. And I suppose it's fair to say that any of the clubs in that group were very pleased with the way the draw worked out, particularly, I guess, when it came down to the last two, your own club, Leitrim Gales, who were the most the newest senior team, if you like, in the county, to have avoided the other group. And there'll be a there'll be a buoyancy in the in the step of training and, and preparation in that group because you know, as is the case with both groups, uh, we just altered the regulations slightly this year to uh, ensure. Well, we we were I'll put it to you that we were supposed to have in in the two groups of five 
the top team going to the semi-final and the second and third playing two quarterfinals. We went back to last year's and previous year's setup in having four teams in each group qualifying for the quarterfinals. And uh, in that regard, there would be quite a battle to get to those top, get into those four places. And and and, and obviously, every club trying to ensure they don't finish up in the bottom place, which this year automatically means you're in the relegation final. Absolutely. And I suppose really it's a case of those clubs looking at kind of the opposite group and seeing maybe where they might land and who they might draw in a quarterfinal. Is it open draws for the quarterfinal or will it be first versus fourth, second versus third across the, the two divisions? It's just exactly as you've outlined it there, Breffney. Um, it's, it's, you could call it seeded quarterfinals if you like, but it is across 1v4 and and vice versa, if you know what I mean, across the two. I suppose if you're looking to avoid the fact that the it would be such considered, if you like to call it, heavyweights in the Group 1. Some of those teams that would be potential champions could end up in fourth place and yes, still win a championship. And it's also very possible that none of them will win a championship. The winner could come from the other side. Don't forget the champions and the semi-finalists of last year. Glenn Carman or Hamilton and Melvin Gales are both on the other side of the draw. Absolutely. Let's turn our attention for a moment to the Intermediate Championship. Obviously, the second grade in the county, sponsored, of course, by Smith Monumentals. Group 1, I'll just fly through them quickly. Eslin, Balneglera, Bornacula, Drumcairn, Ochnashilan. While Group 2, Kiltubbard, Gortletra, St. Patrick's Drumahair, Anaduff and Carrigallon. Of course, three teams came down from senior last year, and they would be St. Patrick's Drumahair, Gortletra and Sheelan, of course, yes. So yeah. those three teams, would they be the fancy teams for the intermediate or will we be looking at the likes of Balneglera, Drumcairn have been there thereabouts for a while, Anna Duff have been there thereabouts. Um, it's going to be a very competitive intermediate division, very tough to get out of. I would say, I'd, I'd, I'd safely say, to be honest with you now, um, Breffney, that this is probably, this is, this is likely to be our better, our best championship of all the championships, because as you've said, the teams are very even. The fact that there are four teams coming down from senior, and teams playing in the championship already that have Division One experience probably makes it a more equal, if you like, competition. Uh, any team really could have a crack at winning that championship on their day. That's that's been honest with it with you. I don't know, Anna Duff have been there for the last couple of years, semi-final stage and finalists, beaten finalists two years ago. Senior teams coming down, you know, will have great, will have, will obviously have great ambitions of getting back up again, and there's four of those. So, you know, when, when you when you start look at Drumcaird in the final last year, you're suddenly down to the bottom four teams, and any one of them uh, that we haven't mentioned would fancy their a crack at any of the teams that are in it. So, we're really looking forward to a very competitive intermediate championship this year. And when we decided to reorganise the competitions heading into 2020, which is where we've arrived at now, even though that decision was made back at the end of 2018. This is what we really wanted out of it, where more competitive competitions, where more teams could believe that they had a chance of winning, and that that drives up the standards, you know? Of course, three teams that we haven't mentioned yet as being in one of the senior or intermediate championships are Clune, Ovas and Glenfarn, Kilty, Clough, who all are part of the 10 teams taking part in the Vistama Junior A Championship. That draw also took place last Friday and in Group 1 you've Glencar Manor's second team, Glenfarn, Kilty, Carrie Gallon's second team, Clune, Gortletra's second team making up Group 1. Group 2 is Balnamore, Shauna Heslins, St Mary's, Kiltard, Anaduff, Ahawillan and as we mentioned Ovas last but not least on the team. Um, 
very hard to judge how they will fare out really until we see how the first teams maybe are fielded in those divisions. Um, it's the only competition where we have second teams taking place at against first teams because of the structure change. Uh, will that make it different? Because some of those teams, second teams in particular, would have been used to competing at intermediate level over the years. Now they're at junior. Will that be very lopsided or will those first teams be able to survive at that level? Well, again, Breffney, you know, as part of the restructuring, um, and it wasn't being restructured for any reason to try and uh, get teams into a junior championship, but somebody had to go. We have 23 clubs participating in competition, and, you know, as 20 of them are in senior or intermediate, and uh, there are three now in junior A. And I suppose the real deciding factor in what will happen in that championship will actually not be decided the day these games are played, but will more will be decided the days the teams above them in the respective clubs play their first game. Because that defines, by and large, who's available to play on a second team. So you could have some relatively strong players' eligibility uh, being decided by the fact that maybe he was injured first round of the senior or intermediate championship and then is, is eligible to play at the lower grade. So that's a great unknown factor that won't become apparent until after the first round of senior and intermediate is played. But for uh, for Plune and for Glenfarren Kilty and for Carrie Gallen, or for Avas, I should say, sorry, the first teams that are in that competition, it's a great opportunity for a club to compete in a championship at which they are well capable of advancing, uh, capable of winning and and slugging it out for a title. And, you know, there is there's there's absolutely nothing uh, untoward or negative about winning a junior championship. Uh, we would be delighted, obviously, if Somebody is going to win it. Um, it, it. The natural inclination would tend to suggest that it should be one of the first teams. But that doesn't always work out to be the case because some of our clubs at stronger senior clubs have strong second teams, as you've alluded to, and would have played at higher levels previously. Although, strange to say, uh, in the reorganisation of the competitions from 2019 to 20, uh, last year there was only actually one uh, club which played its second team being Valnamore Sean Heston in the Intermediate Championship so they have been actually dropping down the pecking order if you like in the last few years now that may change everything is fluid it may change again as you know town teams if we like to call them that get stronger greater playing resources than rural teams have but you know no system is perfect uh, but I'm quite sure that Glenfarren Kilty were champions two years ago would like to revisit that glory occasion again uh, two years later and you know Avas have won the junior championship in recent times Clooner intermediate champions back in 2009 I know that's that's quite a while away but but any championship that arrives at the doorstep of a club no matter what level it is is worth winning and you know provides memorable occasions for everybody Absolutely. Um, before I let you go, in terms of the inter-county scene, obviously we had um, a relatively tough league campaign up to now. Great start in Derry. It hasn't really gone to plan since then, albeit without getting completely annihilated in games. It's been green shoots in spots. What's the situation with the inter-county scene? We won't get into too much detail because it's a long way away. I know they're not even back training until September. What's happening with the, the Leitrim squad and, and what's the the outlook for fixtures for the rest of the year? I suppose strange to say, as you mentioned, we had a great start in Derry and then we sort of hit a few uh, potholes along the way, if you like. The irony of the lockdown was that we actually 
produced our best performance the Sunday before everything was pulled on us, you know, and we would have been in a very good position going into the last two critical games in down and at home to um, Tipperary. Uh, and now that's obviously all been taken away from us. We would have a concern, uh, even though it's already been decided. It's We made our case, a uh, very strong case for Croke Park, uh, around the plane of the of the last two rounds of the league in advance of the championship because we did feel uh, that, and justifiably so, that it is an unequal competition, if you like, from the point of view of where our position is. You take, If you look at it bluntly, we have to play down away on the 17th of October, the weekend of the 17th of October, a Tipperary at home in what could be, is will be a crunch relegation match uh, for survival in Division 3, and then face into Mayo on the Connacht Championship in the following weekend. So, I mean, that, that's a huge, tall order. It's, you know, it's it's a really, really, really unequal, you know, like, setting for a county team to be going in besides a club or a team that would, or a county that may have secured their status in the league. And, you know, mid-table have two warm-up games, I'd call them, before championship. So, we made our case, but uh, unfortunately, it is what it is, and that's the way it's been set out, and we have to get on with it. How Regards does... the players... At the moment, they're with their clubs. Obviously, they have they have they have club championships to play now between now and the conclusion of the competition and management. You know, while I'm sure they'll be keeping an eye on what's going on and you know keeping an eye on players' welfare and everything else like that, they're effectively will be playing with their clubs for the for and preparing for their clubs for until they exit the championship, which would be at various stages in September, as you know. In terms of the real impact, though, of of the the lockdown, we now miss out on the opportunity for the qualifiers. And although Leitrim's record overall in the last 20 years isn't great in the qualifiers, more recently we've had a few shoots of success and there's been results, very positive results in the qualifiers. Is it disappointing now to be drawn against one of the top sides in the country and that's the season over if we don't get past Mayo on the first day of the championship? It is, Breffney, I suppose, from the point of view of what players would be expecting out of a championship. But we have to bear that in mind with the calendar, I suppose, and we have to bear it in mind with with, with the need to... Uh, the GA has, has set out its stall to have the All-Ireland series uh, concluded before Christmas so that hopefully when 2021 comes around that we can start fresh and go into whatever the structure is for that. And hopefully it will be normal, if you like to put it that way. I suppose that yeah, I can see their point in not having carryover. It wouldn't have been possible to fit in club football, county football, back doors, front doors, call it whatever you like, round robins, super eights, and whatnot. It just wasn't possible. And, you know, we, look, our lads, I'll be honest with you, Breffney, the two big games for Leeds from this year remaining in the season are not, with all due respect to the All Ireland Championship, are not the game against Mayo the two games against Down and Tipperary because that really will set out where we're at for the following year. So I suppose it's fair to say in one sense, rather than having only one championship match, we've actually by default ended up with three championships. In terms of the other impact, and I'll let you go after this, just the financial impact, it's all anyone seems to be talking about at the moment is the economy and, and how that's going to try and bounce back. What has the financial or the economic impact on, on Leitrim been? Obviously, We've lost the, the club draw, which was postponed, will be held later in the year. What what has the, the knock-on effect of COVID and the coronavirus shutdown had on an organisation like Leitrim GA? Well, sure, Breffney has been massive like across the board. Like we, we, 
we don't um we, we wouldn't be the highest generating revenue unit in the association let's be honest about it but we greatly appreciate the support we get from our sponsors of competitions and our main team sponsor and you know we we do get um we get money from crook park in terms of a grant which is a basic county allocation which would be quite large and i call it basic you know we're talking uh, six figure sum here but in the low six figures if you like that would be grant subvention call of what you like to every county which comes from attendances at championship matches so we know that that's going to be cut this year and cut hugely because obviously the attendances are not going to be at the inter-county games the concluding stages to feed that fund if you like to put it that way but the knock-on effect you've mentioned the supporters club and and i should mention take the opportunity of mentioning that the supporters club draw is scheduled for first weekend in August um, and you know we, we obviously had a lot of tickets sold for that and there are still more tickets out there for people to get their hands on if they could and we'd appreciate that but it's going to suffer a hit so what have we what we've done with our club championship as you're probably aware is that we because the clubs uh, have not had any league games and no access to revenue we've uh, decided to pay or allow the clubs for this year to play their two games at home and two away and the clubs uh, will effectively lift the gates for those, pay the expenses for the referees and officials, and will keep the gate themselves. So we're returning something to our clubs in this regard as regards the championship. But obviously, if we're returning it to them, we don't have it as least from GAA. We will, we, will, we will be entirely reliant on whatever gate revenue comes in from quarterfinal stages forward, which is another hit. So maybe you might think we've shot ourselves in the foot, but that's not what it's about. There's a bigger, bigger picture play here terms of getting the clubs on board and, and you know we were delighted to be able to give that to the clubs to give it back to them come up Brefney the massive financial hit that's going to be in the GA this year is not going to be just about this year to be honest about it it's going to last into next year as well and maybe even beyond yeah, it seems to be a common enough occurrence across all of the sports organisations we've been talking to on the show today. Declan Bohan, Secretary of Leitrim GA, thank you very much for joining me and bringing us up to speed with what's happening. Very exciting. Two weeks' time, we'll be looking at the first rounds in the three major championships in the county, as well as all our underage and women's and everything coming back on stream as well over the next few weeks and months. So uh, it's great to be back talking about sport rather than wondering what might be happening in the future. Thanks very much. Okay, Brefney, thanks yourself again. Best of luck to you. Now, of course, it's not all about the men over the next few weeks and months on our playing pitches across the county. The Ladies Gaelic Football Association are also looking forward to having their club championships run off this summer. And joining me now to talk about that is PJ Ryan, Secretary of the Ladies County Board. PJ, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much, Brethany. Great to be talking to you again. Um, great to be talking about football returning to Leitrim and great to be talking about players getting back and training and playing games, both senior and underage. I'm sure there's quite a lot of children out there and adults as well that are just, you know, happy to be back, maybe, you know, sharing that training pitch and, you know, back all the things that are good about football in Leitrim. Absolutely, because we've spoken about, and we talked about this with all our guests today, but we've spoken about kind of the doom and gloom and being unable to get involved in community stuff and sport. And, and now to have it all back on our doorstep in the next couple of weeks is absolutely fantastic. Let's go through some of the things that the club players can expect over the next couple of weeks. Have we got fixtures actually organised yet or what's the, the current state of play? 
Yeah, well, currently the fixtures uh, or fixtures, our ladies fixtures committee have fixtures uh, completed. The Leitrim Ladies County Executive is meeting on Friday and just to just go over fixtures and pass them and we'll be sending them out then on Friday. Yeah, of course, Friday we're recording night. this just on Wednesday afternoon, just before um, that meeting takes place on Friday night. So clubs will get their, their details out uh, from that meeting on Friday night. But there are going to be fixtures at championship level for all age grades within the county, which is great news. Absolutely, yeah. Um, we maybe good, a few weeks ago now we got together with the Leitrim J. Um, and we discussed, you know, time slots and availability and pitches. And, you know, it was quite good actually to kind of work together. Um, looking forward that both the men and the women could look work together and see what, what was available and share out the pitches and slots and of course referees like because we're all hoping that the referees are going to come back. But that's something that was very important, you know, so that we didn't just presume pitches would be available or, you know, dates that we work together to try and um, you know, not have a chaotic scene where, you know, clubs are fighting over pitches and, and even coaches within are fighting over pitches about games. So that, that was, I think that was quite a positive now this year that, you know, we were able to come together and work on that. It's one of those interesting things that the, the two organisations are separate at national level, despite the Lady Gaelic being based in Crow Park. They are very distinct, uh, separate organisations. Locally, that has also been mirrored do you see that maybe being a feature going forward? I know Camogie have discussed getting involved officially as part of the GAA. Could you see Ladies Gaelic taking those steps? Maybe not in the short term, but in the medium to long term, could you see them all merging into one organisation? So whether you're male or female, it's all Gaelic Athletic Association. Well, I suppose I could from an organisation administration point of view. You know, like a lot of... I think going forward, there will be a lot of streamlining of... You know, uh, coaching coaching badges. Let's say if you're if you have a coaching, your beginners coaching in the ladies will be the same as the men's, and your level one and two may, might be the same. I know there is obviously differences in the codes and how they're played, but maybe I think definitely they should try and streamline coaching. You know, safeguarding at the at the moment is the same, and you're you're if you're vetted for one organisation for the LGFA that that counts for GAA. And look, here in Leitrim, so many clubs are so intertwined, both the men and the women, you you um, share in pitches and some clubs are not completely separate from the men. Um, they're part of a men's club. And of course, there are some ladies clubs that are completely separate. But look, I think it's important that, you know, it's the same, it's much the same players, it's much the same parents are bringing players to, 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 to pitches, to training, to games in Leitrim. So look, I think... It's important that we work. We both organisations work, try and work together. In terms of the the way forward now, what actually are the next steps? Hopefully, everything going to plan on Friday night at the meeting. Uh, the twenty sixth of July is the start date for the championship. Has there been a draw done yet, or will that happen on Friday night? No, this year we're looking at because we didn't have a league. Um, obviously, that got postponed due to coronavirus. If we had, like last year. An open draw the teams would only have two games so this year um the championship will be around robin and that means the teams will get more games and i think that's a plus for all sides so you'll have we have six teams in the senior championship uh they'll all they'll, and it's a round robin system same system in the intermediate championship it's around robin and um, they, they all play each other and the same system in uh the junior round robin which means all teams get more games 
which I think is a positive for teams. Now, I know, um, going back in that they didn't have a league this year because we, we missed out on two leagues. We were proposing to have a winter league or a, a spring league. Uh, we missed out on that. And then actually the actual league itself, we missed out on that. So I, we the fixtures committee thought, look, we'll try and give them as many games as we can. In terms of the actual competition, then will it be a case that the, the top team at the end of the league stage are, are awarded the title or will there be a f- final or a semi-final? Oh, absolutely. Part of there'll, be finals. there'll be finals and a, a final in each competition, both this uh, senior, intermediate and junior. So will that be four into a semi or two into a straight final? Um, we're looking at four into a semi-final. Excellent. Two semi-finals in, e- in each section. So in the same way as the men's are four from five going to the, the knockout stages, it's a case of four from six will be in the semi-finals of the senior championship as we as we know and love them over the years. Yeah, that's what we're looking at. Now, if we work our way down the grades in terms of intermediate junior, that's all mirrored. What about underage football for the girls in the county? Well, underage, we managed, we working with the men's, we secured some dates and, and slots. So we've, we'll have under 14 starting on a Tuesday, under 12 starting on uh, Thursday. Um, and each, each group, hopefully, we'll get about five games and maybe, you know, a, shield, a final and a shield final as well. So at least five games. And under 16, then, as one of those competitions finishes, um, we hope to start the under 16. Like last year, it didn't norm, under 16 normally doesn't start till end of September, which is always an issue in, in Leitrim because you can all, you, we've one year, in fact, we had a final played in December, like um, very, you know, the weather is not good for playing football then. So we've looked at playing under, starting the under 16 quite early this year. Now the minor, it looks like we mightn't have a time for that. That competition might prove difficult, but I suppose given the fact that, you know, a lot of girls playing minor would also play adult football anyone over 16 will be probably played adult football um and then for the girls under 16 they'll have an under 16 competition absolutely and there's quite a good few teams in the junior competition this year last year we had um we fought really only four teams in the junior competition but this year we have seven teams in the junior competition so a lot of the senior teams have second teams, so that gives opportunities for our girls to get get to play football. Excellent! Great to hear that, that there's more teams being created as part of that competition as well. It gives a bit more of a feel to an actual competition. Last year there was a few teams that just struggled at that level. In terms of the inter-county scene, it was such a bright start to the year for the girls under Hugh Donnelly. Where are we with the the county setup? I know the draw took place earlier this week. Who who do we face in that intermediate championship? Well, on paper, it might look quite daunting, but um, talking to Hugh, he's, he, like last night, he's looking forward to it and his team is looking forward to it. Um, uh, Leitrim were drawn in a group with Mead, or sorry, uh, Leitrim, yeah, Leitrim were drawn in the group with Mead and Down, two formidable teams, Mead in Division 2 and Down up in Division 3. Um, it was an open draw, so you could have been drawn with anyone. Um, look, it, it, there's no relegation this year in the intermediate series. So look, they have two games. They have nothing to lose. They can go out and you know play football. They'll they'll have a, game, a home game and a away game. So I think they, I think they're looking forward to just maybe finishing off the year, getting a couple of games going. Because look, they had they had such a great start this year. They had such a monumental effort back in training, effort wise, all they were doing, and to have a cut short was you know it was really tough to take. 
Um, because the LGFA called the league quite early. That was the decision. Um, but like they had two games to go and they were quite close to getting to a final. Um, so it was it was dis- disappointing them, but they picked themselves up and they continued training on for you know a period of time. You know, individually the girls were doing their own thing, but I suppose look, maybe a month ago, six weeks ago, we got we started getting some clarity on what was happening um, with championships and things like that. So it was just a case of wait and see. So just on another point, then with you, um, we kind of were discussing it and. Uh, it, decisions made to appoint Hugh Donnelly for a further two years. Um, just given the fact uh, that what has been brought to the senior team and both um, the effort made by the team and himself and his background team, we thought it was a positive to give clarity to, you know, just give clarity to the whole situation that he's there, he's in place now for two years. Well, it gives that bit of stability that maybe has been missing from the women's exactly. game over the last exactly. five or six years. Yeah. So uh, that's really good, I suppose, for a player's point of view as well, that they know what they're they're signing up to a two or three year commitment or they can see where it's going to progress to, that it's not just a Division 4 team, really good one year, and then it just falls apart because of a, a an issue that nobody else could control. Um, and Hugh obviously has impressed in the first couple of months, so it's, it's good to see that kind of stability being put in place. In terms of that kind of structure around the county board, you were in a really good space back in February, March, when we talked last. What's the outlook now uh, from an economic point of view, from a financial point of view for the county board? Um, it, has this affected you in a, in a positive way, a negative way, or, or had any effect at all? Well, I suppose, look, it, no doubt it, it, it would affect us. Um, like we had, we had quite a good year last year because of the effort put in by clubs and players and like all that took part in the big fundraiser we had. Um, that was very successful both financially and I think just from a, a feel-good factor for, for ladies football in Leitrim. So I think if we hadn't had that, you know, we would have maybe found it difficult. But look, we did, and both the finances being managed as well very ably by our treasurer, Martina Hackett, and the work put in behind the scenes. Um, look, we're, we're, we're kind of in a stable place, which is good. Now, look, we, you know, we're obviously project money that you would project to have coming in. There's a couple of fundraisers. We're down those. But overall, I think we're in a stable position. But look, you have to just kind of manage what you have for the year, for the year, for the years ahead, for the next six months. It means budgets have to be, you know, sat down, looked at, looked at very tightly. But I suppose maybe if if football just finished, maybe you you might be in a, maybe a bit of a worse situation. But because it's going ahead, you can look forward to maybe some gates and you know other things as well. Of course, registrations and stuff will all be coming in as part of that in terms of players, yeah, exactly, in, which is yeah. which is vitally important. And I think it's the kind of thing, even though it's a short year, I don't think anyone's going to begrudge the cost of registering into a club or an association this year for the full year, even though they only get to play half a season. Registration, now, the, now registration was pushed later, so the, re, the registration um, went to August this year, and it covers you until the 31st of July next year. So, you know, it's... I know you get less games this year, but then you don't have to pay next year till the 31st of July. 
Excellent, excellent. Well, listen, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's great to hear that the girls haven't been forgotten about uh, because it has happened in other counties where the ladies' football has just decided not to run certain competitions and it's great to hear that it's all happening in the county and uh, the very best luck to you and to your member clubs and uh, it's going to be exciting times ahead for all those girls looking forward to playing uh, club football this summer. We hope so. I wish them all the best of luck now this year as, as they start off with their training and looking forward to the games ahead. Thanks very much, PJ. Thank you, Brefty. Now, of course, it's been three and a half months since we've had live sport in our country and the first of our elite leagues to get back into action will be at the end of this month with the return of the SSE Airtricity League. 31st of July is the return date and we are well represented as a county with Niall Morahan of Leitrim Village who is a key member of the Sligo Rovers first team, winner of Player of the Month for the first half or the first month of the season which now probably feels like the first half of the season. Uh, also I'm going to blame you for the whole shutdown, you scored your first goal literally a minute from the end of the last game in the league, as soon as you did that the whole thing just shut down. First of all, welcome back to the show. It's great to have <laughs> Thanks you. Thanks for having me back. What's it like to be back playing football? It's great to be back. It's been a, a long three months, three and a half months, and just to be back kicking the ball with the team, it's it's great. I think myself and everyone else is absolutely delighted to be back. Let's rewind a couple of months, because that game against Shamrock Rovers in the showgrounds was the last game of any kind of elite sport played in the entire country just a week before St. Patrick's Day. Now... You did get your first goal. Nice to be off the mark. I know we've talked about it on the show before. Uh, if people listen to these in sequence, it'll seem like it's only been a week. But um, t- tell us about that actual, the feeling of, of kind of getting off the mark and, and scoring that goal. Um, yeah, obviously I've been in around the first team for quite a while. So to get your first goal, especially against Shamrock Rovers, was was an amazing feeling. But it's a pity that it came in a, a 3-2 loss. And um, yeah, obviously, hopefully now when the season starts back up, I can... Nick another one or two. Now we'll talk about Shamrock Rovers a little bit more because they're in the news at the moment. We're recording this on Wednesday and there was news uh, with a bit of a rift between the two Rovers last night as we're recording this uh, between Shamrock Rovers and Sligo Rovers. We'll talk about that a little bit later in our chat. But first of all, let's talk about the reality of what it is to be back playing sport and playing elite sport in this country at the moment with all of the, the COVID situation going on. What does training look like for you now? Training itself isn't very different, but leading up to training and the afterwards of training is quite different. So we're not allowed carpool or anything to training. You have to make your own way to training. We have we all have our masks to wear in and around the grounds. We don't actually have to wear them when we're training, thank God. But uh, we all have to rock up, um, stay in your cars. We're not allowed into the dressing rooms or clubhouse or anything. We go in, get our temperatures checked and straight out onto the pitch and Training itself, it's it's full on. There's contact and everyone's in and around each other. And then afterwards, um, you just head on your way. And who's around the showgrounds when you're training? Because normally, from experience, there'd be like a couple of volunteers, maybe a groundsman or two floating around. There might be somebody in buying a jersey or, or dealing with the off-the-pitch side of stuff in the club, as well as a couple of non-playing staff. Is it just yourselves the players and the, and the coaching staff at the moment? Um, ourselves and the coaching staff are the main ones who take up the majority of the showgrounds, but there's probably a few knocking about in the offices on the day-to-day side of things, but there's the, the usual coaches, physios, kit man, and that'll be the height of it. 
And in terms of testing, it's just the temperature tests, and you haven't been tested for coronavirus as a squad. Like we're hearing about, say, in England or in, um, I know Bohemians, Derry, um, Shamrock Rovers and Dundalk were all tested three or four times. There hasn't been a blanket test across the league. Uh, I don't think so. As far as I know, as you said, the four teams that were given the nod to go back earlier, they were all tested. But as far as I know, ourselves and the rest of the teams that have just returned haven't been tested. As we sit and chat, again, it's Wednesday afternoon as we're talking, we would expect by the time listeners are listening to this, there will be a fixture list out, hopefully by the end of the week. Any idea of, of what that's going to be? Obviously, the first four games, they do count, so your yeah. your goal hasn't been scrubbed from the records. Thankfully. In terms of, you say thankfully, but there were four defeats, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it wouldn't have been the worst thing for Sligo Rovers if they had been cancelled. In terms of the, the situation moving forward for yourself, you have 14 games it hasn't been the best of starts for Sligo at the start of the year. On a personal note, it's been great because you've been probably voted player of the match three times. You've been player of the month in the first month of the season. How much do those accolades matter when the team is struggling like they've been struggling? Um, at the end of the day, it is a team game, but obviously the personal accolades, are, they're nice to have, you know, and they might obviously help you further along and further your career. At the end of the day, it is a team game. It's all about the team and pushing yourselves up the table. I would have liked myself if the season kept going. I think looking back, everyone else might have as well. But um, I suppose ourselves, with the 14 games left, all we can do is try and hit the ground running again. And if you look at the table, we are only six points off fourth place. So um, you never know what could happen. You look at Europe as the target for the year. Is that realistic? Um, Personally, I don't think so. But you never really know what can happen. It's a strange game. Looking back... We probably didn't think we would have lost the first four games and if you come back and you get three or four wins under your belt, it completely turns the season around, so you never really know. But you do the advantage, you won't be playing Shamrock Rovers in the next game, who seem to be all conquering at the top of the table. Let's talk about the financial aspect of this because I suppose most of our listeners will be coming from a Gaelic Games background where there's no money involved, but this is a professional sport, it's a professional league in this country, particularly in the Premier Division, you are a professional contracted player this is your livelihood what has the finance without going into specifics what has the financial impact been on the squad and then the staff at Sligo Rovers um obviously as you know yourself and a lot of people know Sligo is massively a community funded club and um I suppose when there's no games going on the club's not really getting in any revenue so pretty much from the get-go we were we were all kind of let go from our roles and placed on the COVID scheme so obviously for the likes of myself and a few younger fellas, it wasn't that bad. But the older fellas that'd be on bigger money and with families and mortgages and all, it was probably more of a problem for them. I suppose coming back, the obviously the package that was re- released by the FAI and the government that had helped the club along to get the club back playing players' wa- players' wages, and uh, I think that'd pretty much be it. In terms of, I suppose we've we've heard the club's official stance on it last night. Um, David Rowe, the, they issued a statement, and then the treasurer of the club, David Rowe, did an interview, which has been a mixed reaction, mostly negative. Um, in terms of Sligo's perception, I think it has to be said online afterwards. In terms of the players' mood, what's the mood of training? Are you even aware of what's going on at that level of, within the club? Um, we would be conscious of it. Yeah, I think. Everyone is just so happy to be back and we, we probably feel it's all above our heads. We don't have much of a say in it, so we're just, we just kind of have to get on with it and do what we're told. And if it is as it stands, there will be relegation and 
promotion from the first division. We just have to battle and not have ourselves in that position. Sligo obviously have come out against the idea of retaining the relegation. Now, personally, as a fan of the league, I think the decision that's come to is the right one. Um, Sligo have come out and said that they don't and that they're going to take action. We will remain to see what happens there. It will probably have changed by the time this airs on Friday in terms of the development. I know there's things moving all the time on that, so we're not going to get drawn into that, and I don't think it's fair to ask you either, so I'm not going to do that. Sligo have said this is going to have a huge financial impact on the club. That's quite obvious to anybody looking in. Based on how they fund themselves, half a million euro last year came from fundraising. Most of that happens around game nights. If there's no games, that fundraising takes a dip. There's a hole in the budget. The FAI plugged a little bit of it, not as much as Sligo would have liked. It's basically how I've taken what they've said. Uh, in terms of the reaction, though, how impressive are the supporters of Sligo Rovers? Our GoFundMe set up on Tuesday. I wouldn't be a big fan of the idea of just putting a begging bowl out, but the Sligo supporters just seem to answer every single time. Um, at the time we're recording this, it was just about to hit 20,000. By the time this goes out on Friday, I'd expect that to probably have hit the goal of 30,000 plus. What can you say about the supporters down in the Shogans and in, in Sligo in general? Yeah, don't even know where to start, to be honest. As you said, the, the GoFundMe was set up. I think I checked it after a few hours and it was up on six grand. And like you said, checking it today, it's it's up in double double figures or 20. I think 19 and a half yeah. to, as we're recording this, what so, o'clock um, on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah the, the, the fans are amazing. They've been keeping the club running and chipping away for a long, long time. And uh, yeah, I don't think anyone would know where we'd be without them. Absolutely, no. I don't think the club would be at the level they're at uh, without them. As we're recording this, we don't know who the first opponents are going to be, but we know you'll be back in action on the 31st. Do you know what's going to happen there in terms of will supporters be allowed to come? Will the likes of your parents who never miss a match, will they be able to even go to games? Um, I don't know, to be honest. We haven't heard um, from what we've seen from the government and all. It's looking like September, I think, before crowds can gather matches and events and all that. So uh, hopefully, yeah, I don't think it'll be quite the same without fans. To finish up, I suppose, what, what would be deemed a success for you? What's your goals now for the season? Um, both as a team and individually, I suppose. Personally, I'd like top to... Top scorer? You're top scorer <laughs> at the moment. Can you hold on to that title? Hopefully, hopefully. Um, personally, I'd like to take up from where I left off. Um, we'll all have to work pretty hard in pre-season and hit the ground running, as I said. But as a team, we're looking to stay up. We're looking to pick a few wins up in the whenever the league takes off and just get a few wins under our belt and see where the rest of the season can take us. As always, we'll be fully behind you and the County Leitrim is fully behind you as well and the very, very best of luck. Uh, it's a big ask, uh, given the start of the season, given the fact that you've lost 18 games out of the calendar um, in the last 24 hours. The best of luck to you and to the, the team and uh, hope everything uh, goes your way over the next few months. The best of luck. Uh, thank you very much. And that, folks, was all we have time for this week. Thank you so much to Declan, to PJ and to Niall for joining me and having a chat about their respective sports and what we can expect from them over the course of the coming weeks and months. Now, on the show, we will be looking in greater detail at all of those competitions as they draw closer and closer. I hope you're back training and you're enjoying being back and being out and active and being involved with your teams as you're preparing for these games that are going to be coming at you thick and fast over the next few weeks. We're going to be chatting to some of the pillars of each game as we preview the championships in the coming weeks on the show. 
Looking forward to having you back listening to the show on a weekly basis. We're back on Monday with a sports roundup show where we're going to try and catch up with as many of the inter-county teams as possible. I'll talk to you then.